Jericho, and you just think about, and we know the story of Jericho, but how the, uh, the, just the mighty fortress of that city, and if you could picture with me the, the, uh, the, the wall around the city, people lived inside of the wall. It was like a house, so you think about the, just the thickness of that wall. People lived inside that wall, and it said that uh, there was records of two chariots that could ride side by side on the top of the wall. Just think, think with me how, how wide and how tall, how mighty fortress this city was. Uh, and then uh, for God to come and say, how about you just go and walk around the city a bunch of times, and at the end, uh, I'll, you know, we'll, we'll shout, and uh, the walls will come tumbling down. I don't know about you, but uh, I would have been a little skeptical. Uh, I think maybe a lot of people that went probably were whispering, hey, uh, are you going to shout when he tells us to shout? I don't know. Are you gonna, I, I, and, uh, but you think about what they saw. And, uh, but now, as, they, as we find ourselves in Joshua chapter 7, uh, tonight we're going to, uh, and again, a familiar story, but we're going to look, uh, look up close at Aiken's sin and some of the steps that he took. And I, I will say that I'm, again, very nervous tonight. I have too much information, and I'm trying to, um, uh, when, uh, to, to, to make it a little bit shorter, and I, wanna, and I don't want to bore you with it. But if you could just follow me with this, this, this story here. Maybe you're not familiar with it. I'll try to give us a background on it. But uh, so basically here in, uh, uh, in Joshua chapter 7, they're going to go and they're going to fight the battle of Ai. Let's begin reading in verse number uh, uh, verse number one in chapter seven. But the children of Israel com- committed a trespass and the accursed thing for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. Again, we talked about that this morning a little bit, but because of one man's sin, a whole nation was cursed. A whole nation was not blessed because of one man's sin. Verse two, and Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Bethaven on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said unto him, let not all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai, and make not all the people to labor thither, for they, all, they are but few. And again, we can go back and look that uh, God's plan for the specific battle was to take everyone. And they went and they uh, said, it's not a lot of people. We can wipe these guys out, no problem. Just choose out a couple people, uh, you know, a group of men, and we'll go out and we'll just, we'll just obliterate them. And again, they're not following God's plan. Uh, but let's continue reading on in verse number, uh, let's go to verse five. And the men of Ai smote of them about 30 and six men. They chased from, um, from before the gate unto uh, Shabram and, and smote them in the going down, wherefore the heart of the people melted and became as water. And I don't know, if you, if you mark your Bible, underline that word, the hearts of the people melted and became as water. And if I was to go back, there's some verses uh, in the previous chapters where it talked about after the battles or the, that the, the, the children of Israel uh, won, it said their enemies' hearts melted. Now that we see the flip side of the coin and now the children of Israel now, not only is their enemy doesn't have the melted, it's their hearts that melted. And that's not the message tonight, but uh, another message, another time. Very interesting thought there that their heart is now like their enemy's heart. And uh, again, uh, continue. Well, let's go to um, let's go to verse number uh, verse number ten. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up. Wherefore liest thou upon thy face? Here's Joshua who's pouting about what's happened and he's lying down and just uh, de- depressed and uh, maybe he's sleeping, I don't know, but he's just, uh, he says, get thee up, why are you laying down on your face? Verse 11, Israel have sinned and they have also transgressed my covenant which I've commanded them for they have even taken of the accursed thing and have also stolen and disassembled also and they have put it even among their own stuff. And again, the, the plan here for uh, the, this battle of Ai uh, that we've, we find in the previous uh, verses is that they were supposed to go through Jericho and they were supposed to completely obliterate them, but the, the spoils of the things of Jericho, they were supposed to bring and, and, and uh, give the treasures over to the Lord. 
and again, you know, we're going to continue reading on here, but Achan saw some things and he kept, kept back for himself and says, hey, he even put it with his own stuff. He's keeping it. Verse 12, therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they were accursed. Neither will I be with you anymore except you destroy the accursed from among you. And uh, we'll, we'll read a little bit more here in a little bit. But this is really for Joshua. Again, we found him laying on his face. This is his first really defeat in his campaign as a leader. Uh, and he is not used to that. I remember uh, playing sports, how we were uh, undefeated for quite some time on some teams. And there was also some other teams that we didn't win a single game. But I just told people we had a perfect record. They didn't ask if we won or lost. But uh, nonetheless, on some teams, I remember we had an undefeated record. And we kind of just went in thinking, oh, we're just going to be able to, to, to win this game. And we didn't. It was a complete uh, wake-up call to, hey, you know, uh, you, you're, 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 you're missing some things. And you're, you're, you're relying on past victories. And you're not you're not listening to the instructions for this specific battle. And because of one man's sin, because they did not listen to God's plan, they lost this battle. And uh, if, you, if we could look a little bit closer at Achan's sin, I want to look at it under four headings tonight. I want us to consider, first of all, number one, the successive steps of Achan's sins. The successive steps of Achan's sin. Try to say that five times fast. Don't try it. I, I, I tried it. It's not good. But uh, here in verse number 21 in, in chapter number 7, go over to 21, it says, this is Achan uh, speaking, uh, I'll go to verse 20 first. And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord of Israel, and thus, and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them. Behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. This, uh, this tonight, um, the first step here the, of Achan's sin is his gaze, his gaze, the look of the eyes. It's in that verse 21, it says, when he saw, when he saw with his eyes, he looked at something that he should not have had, and he saw it. And it says, and right here, I think about just, um, we, we referenced it this morning, but we think about Eve, how when she was in the garden, she said that she looked upon the fruit, and it, looked, and it looked very good to eat. She looked upon that. She was gazing a little bit too long at that fruit. You remember David uh, with his sin with Bathsheba, how he was just taking a stroll on his rooftop and he happened to see uh, a woman that was uh, taking, uh, bathing herself and it said that he said that she was very good to look upon. He looked, uh, and if, again, I want to be all mature tonight with this, but uh, so a lot of times there's some things you just can't help but seeing. But when you look a little bit longer than you're supposed to and you look for that second time, that's when the sin is committed. Uh, you're, not, you're not responsible for that first glance of something that you didn't mean to see. A lot of times we get so caught up in that that, that we accidentally saw something and, and, again, get that right and ask, tell God, I didn't mean to see that. But when we start to think about the things that we see, and, uh, again, I'm not trying to say just all the fleshly things, but just even things that we're not supposed to have. You, uh, you look next here, uh, not only the, the, the gaze, the look upon his eyes, but we see the greed the lust of the heart. In verse 21, it says that he saw, and then later it says, I coveted them. Not only did he see something, but then he began to think about it, gazed a little bit too long, and then he realized, I want that. And he had the lust of the heart. What is covetousness? It could be defined as wanting for oneself that which belongs to another, or to have any desire to gain for oneself position or possessions to which was not legitimately entitled. It is to identify and crave possession of something that we do not possess. Uh, covetousness then is con a condition of the heart and of the mind. When we covet something, um, if we're, we're not really, uh, and, and again, I could just even use my daughter again for an illustration, but she sees something, I want that. 
Uh, we were sitting, uh, Sundays are my day to cook, so we went to Little Caesars today. And uh, so we're sitting there, and she sees a picture of, um, of something on the wall of some food, and she said, Dad, I want that. And I said, Ray, and I already ordered that. No, I want that. And I said, that's what we're getting. No, I want. But, you know, a lot of times we look at things that we're not supposed to have, and I want that. And uh, it's the loss of the heart. It's a sin that if we look at, again, the examples that we already talked about, and you think about even just Samson, we can bring him into the picture of something he was not supposed to have. He saw, and then he coveted. He says, I want that. Go get her for me. And then you know the rest of the story. Solomon warns us, he says, to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it is the, is the, is the spring up of life. So Achan sin, uh, he began with a gaze, the look of the eyes. It then went to the next step, and he had the greed, the lust of the heart. But then there's the next step, and uh, his grasp, his grasp, the consent of the will. Not only did he saw among the spoils, but then he coveted them. It says, then he took them. He took them. Uh, temptation through the eyes, uh, he, he saw. Uh, and then the stirring on the sinful desires in the heart is when he coveted. Now he took. Now it's the will that which moves us in the act uh, what we should not do. It's, and that's a lot of times that you think about just your own sin, your own personal life. You see something, you start to think about it, and then you act upon it. You know, and we, we say the phrase, and it's okay to say this phrase sometimes, but a lot of times people say, I fell into sin or someone fell into sin. No, we didn't fall into sin. We walked right into it. We took steps, and we, we, we know the warnings. We know what the Word of God says, and we start to just take a step a little bit closer uh, towards that sin. And again, like what we talked about this morning, separation and standards in our life. We need to draw the line somewhere because if you fall before that line, you can get back up. But if you, just like if there was a, a fence that was blocking us from a cliff, I want to stay far away from that cliff. But if I, if I, fall, if I get too close to that fence and I fall over, okay, then we're, we're too close. If you follow me on that thought. So not only was his, um, his gaze, um, his greed, his grasp, uh, next we see his guile the covering of his iniquity. He said that uh, in the end of that verse there, it said, behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent. The tent there is a picture of our heart. He, he, took, he took the thing that he was not supposed to have, all right? And he ran back to his tent and he dug a hole and he buried it there. And he, here's this guile that's telling him, hey, no one's gonna know about this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cover this up. Nobody's gonna know about this. And you think about just, um, again, how many people, we, examples in the Bible, maybe someone in your own life that you know, but when nobody ever, um, in fact, uh, Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen it says that he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. I wonder uh, when Solomon was penning these words if he was thinking about the account of Achan and says, hey, he tried to hide it and he was cursed, uh, but if he would have confessed and forsaketh, he would have had mercy. And uh, there's, there's this poem that, was written in, and it's very, it's a very, very short poem. Sin, like a bee, into the hive will bring a little honey, but expect a, a sting. Uh, the, the poet here is expressing that in this truth that uh, you know, time and time again, and we know that uh, you know there's pleasures in sin for a season, uh, but then there's that bitterness that, that 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 comes after that. I wonder if we were to ask Eve how good the fruit tasted. But then there was an aftertaste that came in. It was a bitter taste of that sin that they partake that they partake in. I think about maybe again we referenced him already, but David, how you know he saw and he coveted and he acted upon it, and then he had to uh, cover up his sin. He ended up having to lie and murder, and and you think about all. And and then we we even went further in the, the son of Ishmael and how, uh, or not the Ishmael. I'm sorry, the, the the son that was that was born illegitimately, how it was rose up against him, and and, and you think about just again what we talked about this morning. The the end. Think about the end of the sin. And not only did he take all these steps, I want to lead to the next uh, number two, the aggravated guilt 
of Achan's sin. And again, I'm sorry, this message is not entertaining. It's not, uh, I don't have any um, funny jokes or some illustrations, but if you could just really try to pay attention to this, and uh, I know it's a familiar story, but how often or not do we take these steps and we just kind of just give into it? And when, again, that first, the first steps that we talked about there, we start to look at things that we're not supposed to look at, and then we, we covet that, and then we, we take it, and then we try to cover it up, try to apply this in your own life. Number two, the ag- aggravated guilt of Achan's sin. We see, uh, first of all, the occasion of it. The occasion of when did Achan com- uh, commit the sin? He committed it in a time where the nation had just uh, had a great victory, and they're running through the city of Jericho, and they're um, and they're um, and they're killing all of the the enemy. And and the occasion of it, it rose to him that he, as he was running through uh, Jericho, there he saw he saw the things that. And again, just like I said, I don't believe he meant to see, but it was just laying there for him, and he took it while he was busy doing what he was supposed to be doing. The devil got him off track. And all of a sudden now, because of that, the next battle that they went through, they, they, um, they, they lost because of something that he was supposed to be doing. He got off track. He took what he wasn't supposed to take. Not only the occasion of it, but the, the nature of it. The nature of it. And the nature of this sin was it was committed in the light of knowledge. He knew that he was not supposed to take of the spoils of Jericho, and he was supposed to bring them back and give them over to the Lord, but yet he still took it. And, uh, and again, I don't know about you, but there's just sometimes you just keep, uh, and again, I want to use that phrase, I almost said it, fall into sin, but you just, you keep getting back into that pit of, uh, or that, the, the, and, and you keep maybe having a besetting sin that gets you over and over again. And, um, but we, we know the truth, we, we commit it in the light of knowledge. Put yourself in Aiken's position here tonight. And a lot of times we throw these people under the bus. And I'm, can I just say I'm glad that I didn't live back in Bible time. Uh, my life would have been in here and it would have been an example as well. But not only the nature of it, it was committed in the light of knowledge, but it was a sin against God. You say, Caleb, every sin is against God. Yes, uh, uh, we understand that. But this ultimately was the sin that uh, we committed against God because Aiken's sin was, uh, was stealing something which belonged to God. God said that the spoils had to be dedicated to him. So when Achan took this treasure, he was stealing something that had been dedicated to God himself and something that he asked for. And I think of the verse, wherein have you robbed me in tithes and in offerings? The sin is, is more directly against God. Thus was Achan's sin. He was stealing from God. So the guilt of his sin was aggravated then, first of all, by the occasion when he sinned, secondly, by the nature of how against and uh, whom he sinned, but it was aggravated, thirdly, by the accomplices in it. And uh, we read in, in, in Deuteronomy 24, um, verse 16, I believe it is, um, Deuteronomy 24, it's in there, the father shall not be put to death for the children, neither shall the children be put to death for the fathers. Every man shall be put to death for their own sin. Now, we read the rest of the story here in the chapter. His whole family was put to death. So I believe that when he came back to that tent, maybe his family wasn't there per se when this was taking place, but they knew about it, and they didn't do anything about it. Maybe there's someone in your life, and again, I'm not saying that you need to play the Holy Spirit, but there's just something that's not right in their life, and you're letting them partake in it, and you're just letting them say, you know what, I'm just going to let it go. Uh, I'm not their mom. I'm not their dad. Uh, But... I would just say, hey, you know, there's some, you're just as guilty to him that doeth, uh, to, to not do good to him and his sin. Now, not only the accomplishment later, or next, uh, I would go to number three, the utter folly of Aiken's sin. And uh, we're going to wrap all this up here soon uh, in a little bit, and then we'll bring it to, bring it to a point. But he thought, Aiken, he was a fool for this, he thought that he was going to benefit from the sin. He thought that this uh, Babylonian garment and this, uh, this money, no, no doubt that he was going to have financial gain. 
And uh, can I just say, and I already kind of skipped over it, but uh, if there was nothing wrong with what he did, why did he hide it? Uh, if he had this designer coat that he thought was really, you know, uh, really nice thing to have, why didn't he go around sporting it? He knew he wasn't supposed to have it. Well, he thought he was going to benefit from this sin, but he knew that he had to hide it. So he's trying to wait. And, and, and uh, a lot of times we think that when we partake in sin, oh, this isn't going to hurt me. I'm okay. You know, if anything, it might benefit. Uh, I might benefit from this. And you know, I just got paid today, but uh, you know, I want to buy this. Uh, and, and and then I'll tithe. I'll tithe double time uh, next week. And uh, you know and now, can I just say, I've been there before where maybe I forgot to tithe, and then all of a sudden, guess what? An unexpected bill comes in, and it's the Lord saying, hey, you didn't tithe last week, so I'm going to get you one way or another. And I don't want to say that he's going to get me one way or another, but he's teaching me a lesson. Hey, give to me first. And uh, he thought he was going to benefit from this sin. And, and uh, maybe, maybe, maybe he could have grabbed these things, okay? Maybe his intent when he grabbed it, maybe he thought, you know what, maybe I'll take this back. Uh, to, um, to Joshua, but no, he ran back to his tent. He thought he would benefit from his sin. Not only did he think he'd benefit from his sin, but he thought no one would, knew, would know about his sin and he wouldn't be found out, which reminds me of the verse in Numbers 32, be sure your sin will find you out. How many times we lie to ourselves and the devil lies to us that uh, no one's gonna know, nobody knows. And, uh, and again, I, we know this, I believe that we know this, but just sometimes we're just so deceived, uh, we're so um, blinded by our own lusts and our own sins that we just think that we could just get away with it a little bit longer. Hey, just one more time, and after this, I'll, I'll promise God I won't do this again. After God, I promise that I will, I, I will dedicate my life to him. But now Achan knew, uh, and uh, he knew that God was there. We know that God is watching, and we know that God is listening. However, we still take time. Uh, we, still, we still take these steps. We believe that no one's going to find us out or no one's going to know about this sin. The book uh, in Ecclesiastes, it talks that God will bring um, every deed, uh, he'll bring all of our, our bad deeds and it's going to bring into the, into the judgment and it's going to be shouted upon the housetops. I don't know about you, um, and again, uh, I think I've used this illustration when I'm witnessing to somebody about how what about if we took a video camera and we videoed your life from Sunday to Saturday and we saw everything that took place in your life and all your thoughts and all your things and then when we got to church, we put it up on the big screen and I said to him, I said, I, I, I don't want that to happen. I don't want anybody to know what I do in secret and all this, and the things that I, uh, the, the wrong things that I do. But however, when we get to heaven, there's gonna be an account uh, and, we're gonna, and he's gonna bring those things uh, to a, but we're going to remember those things. But Jesus is going to look at us and say, I, for, I, I forgive you. I remember them no more. They're buried. They're gone. But let's remember to be careful about, about these steps here. And here, lastly, and I'm almost done here, Achan thought that nothing would be done about it. He thought nothing would be done about it. Achan obviously didn't take the, uh, the threat of the punishment uh, very seriously because he, he and he knew, the, he knew the consequences that was coming, but he thought he could sin and not suffer the consequences of sin. You've heard it said before, we're free to choose our actions, but we're not free to choose our consequences. He possibly thought that in this event that of him being found out or threatened, he probably could, uh, it wouldn't be actually carried out. Maybe we think sometimes it's going to be brought to our attention. God's going to say, you need to get this right, but nothing's going to be done about it. And what a fool he was, because we know from the rest of the story that something was done about it, done about it and his family uh, suffered the consequences for that as well. And again, I rushed through that, but I just I want to just bring attention to, to our thoughts tonight that uh, maybe there's something in our life that we, 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 we're, we're, we're partaking in and we, we're, our, our family is missing out on some blessings. And 
I, I think about just, just pretending to have the conversation with my wife and with my family to come in and to confess the sin to them and say, hey, I've done this and, and, and you know, and how, uh, how, you know, how painful that might be to do that and to say, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it is, but how much more painful it is later when it's brought out and you didn't, weren't the one to uh, confess it and forsake it. Maybe there's someone here tonight that's just um, struggling with something. And I can just say, I think that you're in good company tonight. I believe that we're all sinners or something in our life. We all know our besetting sin. Uh, and again, as we talked this morning, maybe we just come to give our uh, attendance, uh, but we, we need to give our attention to these things that the Lord points out to us in this story. And I think about just um, uh, this battle of AI. Now, this isn't really, I don't have any more uh, points for you to write down, but if you could follow with me here. After the Lord, uh, after they took care of this sin, I want to show you something here, beginning in verse, uh, or chapter 8 here. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given into thy hand the king of Ai uh, and his people and his city and his land. Now shalt do to Ai and her king as thou didst to Jericho and her king. Only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall thee take uh, for a prey unto yourselves. Lay thee in ambush for the city behind it. So Joshua rose and all the people of the war to go up against Ai. And Joshua chose out 30,000 men of valor to send them away by night. And again, he's not choosing specific people just to go. He's given, he's given the strategy to split the men up, but everybody is still going to war. Verse four, and he commanded them saying, behold, he shall lie in wait against the city, even behind the city. Go not very far from the city, but ye be, but be all ready. Verse five, and I and all the people that are with me will approach unto the city and it shall come to pass when they come out against us as at the first that we will flee before them. For they will come out after us until we have drawn them away from the city and they will say, they, they, they flee before us as the first, as at the first. Therefore we will flee before them. Then ye shall rise up from the ambush and seize upon the city, for the Lord your God will deliver unto your hand. And it shall be when ye have taken the city that ye shall set the city on fire according to the commandment of the Lord shall ye do. See, I have commanded you. Verse 9, Joshua therefore sent them forth and they went to lie in the ambush and abode the, uh, between Bethel and Ai and on the west side of Ai. But Joshua lodged that night among the people. And Joshua rose up early in the morning and numbered the people and went up and he and the elders of Israel before the people to Ai. Uh, I'm going to continue to read here, but as you're following the story here, basically he's giving them the plans of, hey, let's strategically think about this and, you, and let's put people in certain places uh, of, the, of the fields outside the city and let's make it look like what happened at the first. And it literally says that in the Bible. They'll, they'll go after you and say, let's go finish them like they ran away at the first time. Uh, verse number 11, it says, And all the people, even the people of war that were with him, went up and drew nigh and came before the city and pitched on the north side of Ai. Now there was a valley between them and Ai. And he took about 5,000 men and set them to lie in ambush between Bethel and Ai and on the west side of the city. And when they had set the people, even all the hosts that was on the north of the city and their, and their, and, and their liars in wait on the west of the city, Joshua went that night in the midst of the valley. And it came to pass when the king of Ai saw it that they hasted and rose up early and the men of the city went out against Israel to battle. He and all his people at a time appointed before the plain, but he wist not that there were liars in ambush against him behind the city. And Joshua and all Israel made as if they were beaten before them and fled by the way of their wilderness. Hey, making it look like they were getting beaten again, just like the first time. 
And all the people that were in Ai were called together to pursue after them, and they pursued after Joshua and were drawn away from the city. And there was not a man left in Ai or Bethel. It went out after Israel, and they left the city open and, and pursued after Israel. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Stretch out thy spear that is in thy hand toward Ai, for I will give it, give it into thine hand. And Joshua stretched out the spear that they had in the hand toward the city. And we can continue to read here, but I just I picture this, and, and, I, and I, would, I hope that, and again, I say this all the time, but I really hope that, and maybe I believe when we get to heaven, we're just going to have knowledge of this, and we'll have uh, infinite, you know, perfect minds to be able to picture this and, and remember this. But I hope we can maybe have like DVR in heaven and go back and watch this, watch this battle. But uh, hey, he says, hey, let's go out and let's make it look like we're getting beaten. And then when, we, when they leave the city, I'm going to stretch forth my spear. And then and the Bible says, the Lord says, I've delivered them unto thy hand. Can I just save a picture here? Okay, they, they again, the first, they, they were undefeated, undefeated. And they get to the battle of Ai and they lost 36 men. Now, I believe they, they took about, uh, it says that they, it took, um, I'm sorry, I'm looking here. Two or three thousand men. They only took two or three thousand men the first time. Now to two or three thousand men for thirty-six people to die, honestly, to most people, that's not a lot. That happens with battles. But to them, that was um, it was something that, that they were not used to. And they were. Uh, and you think about just the families that were affected by that, and then because of one man's sin. Now, once Joshua took that that sin and that, out of that cursed thing out of it, and they got rid of that thing in their life. And again, uh, picture, picture Aiken. There's an Aiken in your life. That there's a sin in your life that you need to take care of. Maybe you've been defeated. Maybe you've lost a battle. But what I love about this story here is that God's new battle plan was to take their, uh, their past failure and turn it into a victory. He said, hey, let's go and do the same thing that what happened. Let's make, them look, let's make it look like we're getting beaten again. And I'm going to turn your failure into a victory. Can I just encourage you tonight that maybe something in your life that you're going through and a battle that you, that you keep losing Get rid of, find that sin, find that, that cursed thing while you're not re- receiving that blessing in your life. I encourage you to, to, to search your own soul tonight and then to go back to God and ask for that new battle plan. And you'll see how God will take that, uh, that mess that you made and he'll turn it into a miracle. And, and I, I just, again, like by way of a conclusion here, if you're anything like me, uh, I, uh, I, could, I could read something and say, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. And then the next day, there's an opportunity there's an opportunity for me to, uh, to, go, to maybe, you know, the devil tempts me with something. And, and I think about how, going through this story here, and we looked at the steps and all the, uh, the folly of Aiken's sin here. Maybe this week there's going to be a time that something's going to come. And there's going to be something in your life that, you know, that uh, you're going to start to see that your own, in your own life there's some, some steps you're taking in the wrong direction. Can I just say that I wonder, even at the, if I could go back in that story to Aiken when he saw, and I could be there and say, don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. And maybe he saw and he started to look a, bit, a little bit too long. And if I was to grab him and say, hey, don't, don't, let's go the other way. And that's our old, old man that's saying, hey, why don't we partake of this? Why don't we look upon this? Why don't we, uh, why don't we get into, th- no. If we could take that old man and say, no, I don't, I don't want that, to get away from that. Think about that and, uh, and, and think about it this week as you go about your daily lives, about something that's gonna come about. And maybe it'll just be something as simple as, um, a, uh, maybe a little bit of an advance and financial that you'll get and uh, you'll, you'll think about. And I've been here. I'll use this, I'll use this as a closing il- uh, illustration here. But uh, we, I, uh, when I was working at Walmart, they, they told me that you had to work at least uh, 90 days and then you were going to be able to receive this bonus every three months. 
and so I, I worked my 90 days, and then I heard that the next bonus was going to be about $600, and so I started to ca- uh, count my chickens before they hatched, and I started to think about some things that I could get, and, uh, and so I was planning some things, and all of a sudden, they, I, I missed the, I, they, then I guess the rule that someone didn't know, it was six months that you have to be there, and I missed the six-month date by three days, by three days. So I missed out on not only that first one, but I missed out on the second one. But I, and, and I, you say that to say that many times that we have some blessings to come into our, our, our life and, or, and, or we're, we're expecting something to happen in our life. But uh, can I just say that sometimes um, <laughs> we have some things, that are just really, some burdens that just really weigh us down that really can get us weary and get us, and get us off track. And maybe the burdens will outnumber our blessings, but they're never going to outweigh our blessings. And, and, I, and I've shared this illustration before, but when you start to get down, write down on one side all the things that you could be negative about, all the things why you should quit. I have a, I have a piece of paper in my Bible uh, written in the, why, why I can't quit. And I have many family members' names uh, that, that uh, direct family and those that are not say why I can't quit. And uh, maybe tonight you're thinking about throwing in the towel, and there's just something that's just got the defeat over you. Can I just encourage you with that story, the battle of AI, examine your own life, get rid of that aching in your life, get rid of that, and then let the Lord take that mess and turn it into a miracle. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for uh, this time tonight. Thank you for those that uh, made it out tonight to your house, Lord. And, and, I, and I, I pray again, Lord, as, as the message was uh, delivered, maybe it was not clear, Lord, and I needed to do maybe a better job with that, Lord. But I just pray that it's been a, a blessing and encouragement to me and, and, and to, to a challenge to examine my own lives and some things that I need to, 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 to sharpen and to chip, chip away and, Lord, to become more like you. Lord, I pray that maybe someone tonight maybe wasn't even really fully engaged with the message, but maybe just something that was said, uh, maybe a verse that was read that maybe you spoke to them. God, I pray that you would just bring to, uh, bring to their mind things that they need to get right tonight. And Lord, maybe, it's, uh, maybe there's an aching in our life that's, uh, maybe it's a friend, a wrong type of acquaintance in our life. Maybe it's just something in our own personal life that nobody knows about but you. God, I pray that we'd get that right before you make that, uh, we pray that we'd humble ourselves before you humble, humble us. Lord, I ask these things in your precious name. Amen. She's going to begin to play. I ask you to stand to your feet, heads bowed, eyes closed, and uh, she'll play through a hymn of invitation. If she she starts to play, I invite you to come.